Hey friends and welcome to another episode of Fresh Aesthetic, the show where we embark on the search for truth and meaning through creativity, art and pop culture. I'm your host Evan Garten and I'm joined by my co-host and longtime friend Matt Goodat. In our last conversation we discussed the refinement of an idea and how to work an idea from its inception into a more polished product. We also discussed the benefits of collaboration along with the vulnerability required to share your ideas with others for critique. In today's episode, we continue on in the creative process by talking about the ever-looming threat of deadlines. These can be so overwhelming at times, and if you don't tread carefully, can lead to a loss of quality in your work over time as you try and meet these demands. Today's episode is particularly raw and honest and discusses the very real possibility of professional burnout and what that can do to creativity and personality. I'm so glad you're here today. If you enjoy this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend and leaving a rating on Spotify or a review on Apple Podcasts. But enough of me talking and on to the episode. Let's hit it. I'm knee deep in work and it's coming up time to post a finished project. I have a million jobs on and I'm trying to get this thing done. Um, and so I jump on to other places like you start using things like maybe some stock photos or just things to make your job easier to get through the project. Deadlines, they um, can make your adrenaline go like crazy, pump it right through your body. Um, you're just, you're feeling like it's never going to get done. Um, and then you get it done and there's a small rush of dopamine and then you go through it all again the next week. I feel like I've been facing deadlines for the last 10 years since starting study. Um, and I was always someone who just jumped onto assignments straight away because I wanted to, I don't know, I was that nerd who got an assignment and was down at the library that afternoon researching for it. I, you, the I relate, way, I relate. Oh, I thought you were giving me a real judgy look like, oh my goodness. No, that's me. Um, it just, I just get passionate about things and want to do well and want to achieve well. But um, man, when things are piling up, it can be tough. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I love this episode because, oh man, I face deadlines all the time and constantly feel like I'm about to miss one drop the ball on one and um yeah i just am looking forward to discussing it what happens when you do drop the ball on one uh some are worse than others some it doesn't even like a, the day ticks over to the next day and you're like hey nothing happened <laughs> i wasn't fired it was just this arbitrary line in the sand of when the project needed to be mm, done by self, self-imposed sort of yeah. sometimes yeah and sometimes things, it's ideal if they are done by that time and sometimes if you are late. I think if you had a history of just never getting things in on time and always being unreliable, that could be a problem. But if you're mostly getting everything done, then the occasional dropping of the ball isn't going to be a big deal. Deadlines, man. Um, one thing I do love about them is that they make me create. They force me to create. Without them, I don't know. Like, I do love creating for the sake of creating but is that there's that boundary there's that one thing that keeps you from doing it 
there's it's just it's like exercising like you're staring at your gym equipment in the lounge or you're staring at I don't know why you keep it in the lounge you probably keep it in your garage but (laughs) you're staring at it and you just don't do it because there's some boundary that is it's too hard it's too hard to do it so having a deadline makes me it just forces me I'm like oh I have to because people are relying on this which is kind of funny what do deadlines do for you? Mm. I think that when I have a lot of space to create, deadlines are quite good. When there's too much things going on, deadlines are overwhelming. And I, the reason I asked you is how do you feel when you don't meet them is because sometimes I just don't give a stuff. I just reach this point of what too much on. And I just go, oh, well, that's not going to happen. And the ball drops and sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's okay. Study is a great example of that. Like when I was at university and it's like you've got this exam in the state, you just have to study your butt off, you know. And so you study and then eventually you just feel overwhelmed. So you all right, this is the best I can do. And it doesn't matter what happens on that day, you just do your best. And um, you can't be late for that. There's no like, you know, but what you can be is lazy for that, lazy for that deadline. I think that can be deadlines. You can sort of uh, be stimulated by them or if there's too many, you just feel overwhelmed and and just start dropping the ball and not caring or just doing the minimal effort. I hate it when I, oh man, I'll tell you a pet peeve. When I hire somebody online to do work for me, I give them a deadline and they have too much on and so they just do a half-assed job, hit the deadline, they deliver the work, it's done on time, but it's just a a really crappy job and I have to go back and like, oh, okay, we're going to have to review this, we're going to have to go over this. I'm just like, do less so that when the deadline comes, it's done right the first time. Of course, there's always going to be reviews and tweaks, but like, I don't want to have to rework the whole thing. And that's the difference between good freelancers and bad freelancers is good freelancers tend to get 80% of it done in the first hit. Whereas people who have too much on and are, they're just, they're just trying to meet the deadlines at the very bare minimum. Like you talked about grabbing stock photos or you just stop putting in your 110% and you just drop back to like, Oh, I'll get a stock for, Oh, I can't find my credit card. I don't have a, I'll just got a free stock photo, you know, and it's like, um, you keep compromising, um, along the way. So I don't know. That's my sort of experience. Yeah. I think you do definitely need to know your limits because if you take on too much and you overwhelm yourself, you do overall do a worse output of everything. So you do need to know what your limits are so that you can really manage yourself well. And this comes into all of the well-being stuff that we've looked into and touched the surface on really, but it's so important. You've got to know what you can take on before it becomes too much. But um, I I don't, yeah, I I definitely hear what you say with the, you know, people just half-assing something or not not putting in the 110%. And sometimes I do really crave wanting to be able to really dive deep into a project and really think about it thoroughly and um, exhaust more 
opportunities within it, just trying more things within that project to get a better output. But sometimes, I don't know, sometimes you do, there is, there is merit sometimes to just pulling the trigger and going, you know what, that's enough. And that's, that'll, that'll be good for here. And you can still have your own quality standard that you're not um, undermining. I mean, there's still, there's still standards I put on my work. Like I don't submit anything that I actively hate. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm still really, really trying to put out something that I believe in and that I think is, is good. Um, But sometimes there have been things that I've had to just, you know what, I am so swamped and I have to just get this finished. So I'll just get it done. Um, so, so that I can regather my thoughts, you know, recuperate and clear yeah. the pro- clear the project list, so that you can start again. So, some of your deadlines, though, like when you're getting a deadline, when you're making a deadline, do you does somebody give that to you? Does circumstance dictate it, or do you actually sit? I guess what I'm asking here is like, is there room? If you know your capacity is full, if you know that you want to do a really good job. To, to say, look, to do that, I'm going to need another week. Can we move the deadline? Yeah, there is that to it. Um, some are, some deadlines are self-imposed because I do drive myself and I'm very motivated and driven to better myself. Um, but other deadlines are definitely fixed. And then there's some that are flexible that you, you know that if you asked, you could get an extension on it or mm. extra time or whatever, or that it wouldn't really matter if you didn't, get it finished in that particular time frame. But I mean, like I work one and a half, (laughs) one and a quarter jobs. So, and run a podcast and try and keep up a social life. Yeah. um, And just, you know, not burn out with my own mental health. So it can be tough. It can be a tough juggling act to get it right. And you, you have to really take care that you don't overdo it in any particular area. But um, when I do get into deadlines, um, I do love the thrill of getting something finished at the last minute and handing it in and just being like, okay, that's it. Yeah. That's all I can do. Because for me, like as a perfectionist, there's something in me that just wants to finesse everything down to the to the nth degree and never submit anything. Mm. Because I'm, you know, like I, I just want it to, to be incredible. Yeah. And I'm never going to reach that with every project. It's just physically impossible. Yeah. And so I have to, I would rather be constantly turning over output and keeping a standard, not just letting everything turn to crap. Yeah. But I would rather keep that output going than like only do one thing a year. Yeah. Because I do, I try to learn at least one thing with every job I do. With yep. every design job I do, with it or anything, I try and learn at least one thing with that project. So that's like an upskilling sort yeah. of thing. So when you're doing that, then when you're like, okay, you've got a deadline. Um, let's say I know you do graphics for um, church on Sunday. You've got a, somebody says, look, I'm going to be speaking about this. You know, you've got a screen to design that for. Uh, it's going to be put in you know, different settings. So you probably got a template. I don't know how you work, but you probably got a template. Um, 
you're, you've got the topic, you're going to put it together, you've got till Sunday to do that. I don't know if you do them in advance um, or if you, if you, you know, how you do that system, but then how do you, like, do you plan in, I'm going to learn something with each thing that I do? Uh, do you plan that in your time or do you just, as you're doing it, intentionally try and push yourself a bit further every time? How, what do you do to work in that deadline, the upskilling process? I deliberately try and put something in there to, to upskill. But, and, and I try and keep it quick. And this is, you do develop a skill of working like lightning fast. Like every time I am using a program, I'm trying to push myself to learn a new shortcut or learn a new mm. way to make the whole process more streamlined. Yeah. Um, and that's with anything. I think that just comes down to efficiency because I value getting things done. And I also have big goals. Like I want to do things and like, get better at things and so I know that to do that I need to be more efficient yeah and of course you've got to balance that with well-being and not burning yourself out and not pushing the limit too far where you're just like efficiency is everything and you never rest or you never yeah. take care of yourself but I yeah I, I just I do love learning I really love learning and try and it keeps it interesting too like it keeps you pushing yourself to be better it keeps you pushing your work so that you don't get lazy yeah but it also to balance that you you think about the grand scheme of things within the the organization or whatever that you're in like i could spend say 10 hours on one art project you know like researching everything scrapbooking um, taking all my ideas wow. and like organizing them, doing sketches and then getting those sketches into Illustrator and like all of these kinds of things and mocking up different designs. And I could easily spend a day doing that. Um, but is that the most efficient use of my time for the organization I'm in right now? I don't think it is. And so I really have to go, okay, you've got to really pri or, or think through like it would be like a middle-class person driving a Ferrari and they're in a $300,000 house and their car is ends up being worth more than their house. It just doesn't really work. It is kind of strange. Some people do that. eh? I know. <laughs> I know. And you see this like amazing car parked outside of a really rundown house. You're just like, it kind of doesn't really compute compute it's yeah. just like why yeah anyway um so you really have to think is this the does it fit in the whole ecosystem would it is it just really costing the company money you know what i mean like they've spent Absolutely. so much money on something that's not creating value for their company in a in a particular way like it's not the the ratio isn't quite right this whole perfectionist thing again, like how far, like you could do that and the results would probably, knowing you anyway, be it be like really high standard, really astounding. People go, wow, that's so good. But they don't see how much you put into that and how inefficient it is in comparison to everything else you've got to do um, and everything else you're juggling. But then there's the dilemma that the, sometimes the creative spark completely consumes you. There's some projects that come along and you're like, this is like taking drugs. Like, <laughs> I am addicted to this idea, this the, the outworking of this thing. 
and you push yourself far more than you would in any other project. And, um, you know, those ones are tricky with deadlines because um, everything else goes off the table and you're just mono-focused and sometimes other things have to get dropped when you do that. And, and But I don't know about you, but when that happens to me, I'm just like, let's ride this wave. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting. If it happens to you on a personal project compared to if it happens to you on a professional project, um, because if it's a, a love child, you know, where you're just like, you're so invested into this idea and you know it's going to work. Um, yeah, you're right. You could spend hours of time and not even worry because you're loving it so much and you mm. just believe in it with all your heart. But you're also not under the pressure of a company who needs to get something done. They need to have specific targets reached at particular times. So it's it's a, it's a bit of a different ball game really. But in, the, in, in that sense, you almost have to put deadlines on yourself that have consequences because otherwise, for me anyway, I, I don't know if I would finish anything. Yeah. Because I, I love doing stuff and whatnot, but sometimes like getting it to the point of releasing it or whatever, or even just starting it sometimes, it has to be either a really, really, really amazing idea that I know is going to kill or... I don't know. I, I tricked myself into, into starting, which again brings me back to why I love deadlines for, or being put in the deep end all the time is because it just forces you to make stuff. And I love making stuff. I was watching the uh, Johnny Depp. Well, I wasn't watching the Johnny Depp trials, but I know Johnny Depp is in court right now and, you know, with his ex-wife or whatever. And uh, I was watching this little clip where the artist Johnny Depp basically finds this artist and he, he loves his work and he's like, I want you to just make stuff, you know? I want this. I want, I want to invest in you as an artist. So he's working out of his mother's garage or something and Johnny Depp puts him in like a penthouse in New York. Like overnight he goes from working in his mum's garage to a New York penthouse, which is fully kitted out for art. And he's like... And I said, the judge asked him, like, and what do you know what that feel like? He's like, amazing. You know, like I went from just struggling and I was selling art for like $200 and now I'm selling it for like 20000 You know, it's like this huge shift. But what happened in that th thing was he became his own boss in that time. And so the way that he managed his, I mean, I, and this is the speculation that I'm making of this is like when you go from a controlled environment where you are working for someone and there's, or, or not even you're working for someone, you could be working for yourself, but there's this pressure um, that you have to be efficient, you have to make high returns, you've got these deadlines, and then suddenly that's blown away and you're like, I can be extremely inefficient here. I can push deadlines by months and, and invest intensively into one piece of art into one thing that I'm creating. And you see this with some of the top design companies in the world that they actually don't do much. It's that what they do do is so spectacular that people want to pay them for their time and their energy to you know super focus in on that thing. And that's a crazy dynamic because when you get to that place, um, deadlines change their meaning. When you get to the place where deadlines are 
because you're trying to make the grind work versus deadlines because you want to present something to the world. That's a different motivation for a deadline. And I think it's important to identify which one you're working towards. Yeah, if I have the the motivation to want to get something out there, I am I am all in. You know, that motivation is enough. It drives me like crazy. Um, but I, I was interested in that story. Like I was just thinking through, I don't, would it be the same if you would just play straight in that penthouse with no restrictions and you could just create for as long as you want if you hadn't had the boundary or the the smaller boxed in area that you started with, would it have been the same effect? I reckon you'd be like, what's that? Um, we crashed. Yeah. Like uh, the girl on that. Oh, it sounds real judgy, but like Rebecca she, Newman. Rebecca. So she came from great wealth and sort of went into great wealth. There was no, there was no um, grind yeah. for her. And that could be seen in her leadership and management style, the ignorance for other people who were grinding and who, who lost incredible amounts because of her misperception of perhaps that stage of life or that, that experience, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. You've got to know um, the limits of the boundaries that you're in. And then I think it's like Richard Raw talks about butting up against it. It's like the frustration, the the goad, the thing in your way that you get frustrated at and you just ram up against it time and time again, you almost have to have that first yeah, to absolutely. experience the absolute bliss when it's gone. It's like the uh, the grind of the podcast, you know? It's like the grind of putting in all the hard work and then it's worth it in the end, you know, Taylor's old as time, but nevertheless still so relevant and true. Yeah, it's just the lessons that you learn along the way it's like if you hadn't had the grind and then learnt those lessons, you you wouldn't be ready, I don't think. You wouldn't be ready for the freedom or the wide open space of just infinite play. Oh, bro. It's, it's tough. But, like, I mean, for me, like, I, I think getting the craving back for that has been important. Because I was just thinking the other day, like, a friend of mine – found an old album I'd made a just a music album and said they were blown away listening to it again and I I just I was like man like it took me back to a time when I just created for the sheer joy wow and I just did what I love which was making orchestral music and pouring my heart and soul into it and and it took me back and I, I really reflected after that. And I was like, how much do I just play in my creation now? Mm. Or, and how much of it is to achieve something? Yeah, oh, I get that. Oh, I get that. I was just thinking as you're saying that, like, um, I, the problem I have with deadlines being a number seven is that I measure everything with pleasure and pain. <laughs> So I'm like, if I don't do this deadline, how painful is it actually going to be? Um, I can get away with pushing it out, especially self-imposed ones, because I'm like, eh, it doesn't really matter. Um, But the thing I've really struggled with since burnout is about accomplishing anything right now. And I hate it. I hate it. I hate that I've lost some internal motivation. I was talking to my wife about it. 
the grind, the wanting to strive to achieve more, the wanting to accomplish more, the the feeling alive and the thrill of trying to create and achieve is kind of just really, really hard for me to get right now. I just don't care. And I hate that. I hate that. I feel like my personality changed in burnout. I feel like I went from somebody who was like super optimistic and super keen and, and, and ambitious to somebody who just stopped caring. And I don't know how to get that part of me back. And um, that's a very sort of self-involved uh, rant, but I'm trying to process this in my own life and I'm frustrated that there's no discipline because deadlines bring discipline and and um, I'm, a, I'm frustrated at the lack of motivation that results in a lack of discipline um, and I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, that's tough, man. And um, I, I, I'll share a story. I don't know if this will help, but I'll share it anyway. Like after doing a music degree, you for me, for my own experience, I was not keen to play music anymore. Right. I was so over being per, like constantly assessed, constantly having to perform, having to show something, having to, I don't know, just put yourself out there and get critiqued um, that I just didn't have any desire to play anymore. And I don't know. I just, I guess I've just waited it out and it comes and goes. Like I've felt the inspiration every now and then to, mm. to really get into it again. Um, but I haven't been serious about the drums since leaving, really yeah. leaving study. And that's, that's a long time, but I think it'll come. It's, it's, it's kind of like you, you let it build back again. You let it revive itself. And I don't know. Mm. I do feel your frustration there. Yeah. I don't really have an answer oh, for it. But. I just, I just think it's quite a, um, it's, it's hard to be like, cause deadlines are all about, they, they bring motivation in whether it's a negative energy or a positive energy, they bring motivation and, it's hard when you don't have that energy in the positive or the negative to 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 create in the same way. And it might be the case of different things, like you might lose passion for one sphere and regain another. And essentially that's what it burnout in the workplace is, is you learn, you lose the motivation in the area that you're employed. So you can't output to the same degree that you did and to the degree of your burnout is the degree that you can operate in that. But um, generally, there's a loss of motivation and you stop caring. And um, I know I certainly found that with building the church at the time, I was just over it. I was like, I just don't want to do this right now of my life. Um, I've got a young family. I've got uh, other stuff going on and, and this has consumed me. And and yeah, I don't know. So that there is probably times for things, but... Um, I just watched a movie recently called The Rider and it was it was crazy. It looked so cliched from the the picture on um, Western. No, it looked like it was going to be a cowboy romantic love story. That's how cheesy it looked. So I was right. very skeptical 
but I saw it had good reviews. So but I, you watched it anyway. We watched it anyway. Um, <laughs> I, I love that. It was it was a gem. It was like, man, it had a really simple yet very interesting idea. And I don't know how to describe this without giving spoilers. So just skip forward uh, maybe five minutes. Wait, I'm going to skip forward five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) If you ever want to watch this movie, skip forward five minutes. Um, The the writer, it's about this guy who rides bulls and has an accident, starts the movie off. He's had an accident. He's split his head open. It's pretty serious. And he's just so passionate about it. And anyway, the whole movie is spent trying to like get it back and recover from his accident. Mm. And he pushes himself and he ends up having this thing, um, this condition where his hand just involuntarily clenches. So he's, he's holding the reins and it just like stays clenched and he can't un like un fist his hand. Yeah. So he, he ends up with getting into a dangerous situation and going back to hospital. Anyway, the whole movie is about, him coming to the point where he has to give up his dream. Mm. So normally it's going to be follow your dreams. You get the girl, you get the, it all comes right in the end. Yeah. But his whole thing as a character, his character development was learning to let go. It was crazy how powerful that was. It was just like, man, how tightly we hold on to everything like irrationally. So, I saw an Instagram post from uh, Rich Roll. Is that yeah, his name? Rick, Rick Roll. Rick Roll. Um, and he sleeps in a tent now because, oh, it's a long story. Check the Instagram <laughs> That's a crazy post if you're interested. He sleeps but, in a tent now. But uh, he, <laughs> he was basically saying about how we just irrationally hold on to material uh, possessions to a ridiculous point. Mm. And so part of what he does is to try and throw himself out there and like, you know what I mean? Like you, you break himself, break yourself free from it. Yeah. So it's just an interesting concept, letting go of that dream rather than holding on to it. But what does he refine his? Well, his, he, it's interestingly enough, his brother is actually, had an accident as well and has had severe brain damage and he's like helping his brother and his brother's yeah, very affected by this brain damage and he just tries to help him and he goes through this whole journey with it. But I just thought it was quite a powerful moment um, and quite a a raw and real moment compared to just your your cliched movie. When you base your identity around something, that's right, and, uh, and or it's your whole dream. Like you, you've you've wanted this your whole life, and you are so passionate about it and everything, and you don't get it. You don't get it. It's just like oh wow. Oh, I relate to that. But yeah, I think that's because um, I think my thing was like I just want to, I want to travel and speak to people. The form of Christianity at the time, like. I wanted to do that for no other reason than I just, I love people. I love freedom of travel. I love the freedom that travel brings, the the exposure to a bigger world that you can just not get when you stay in the same town for most of your life. Um, and then I also love the God dynamic of spirituality being the most enlivening thing that can ever happen to someone when you have that God moment or that aha moment where 
you know, there's this connection. Um, I was like, man, th- those are the two things that I really care about in life. And part of the process of burnout for me was letting go of that and realizing this might never happen. And that sucks. And I still struggling to let go of it. But the beautiful thing that's come from that is I've become way more free in myself, but I'm still trying to get that motivation back. I'm still trying to get the, the zest for life, the enjoyment of just being alive, you know, and that's the that's the wrestling. But when you go down, when you when you I suppose it's talking about the motivation thing with the deadlines as well, but I think when you go down that route, one thing that I've learned is you start throwing out the deadlines that were just stupid anyway. Um the deadlines that you'd built for your own ego's sake, they just start becoming unimportant. And some of them are unimportant and they need to be seen as that. Um, I think that's a really good point. Um, there's been plenty of ones that I've, like it'll be 10 o'clock at night and I'm thinking, do I carry this project on? Do I try and get this done? And I'm like, I'm just going to go to bed. Yeah. It's, it's the best thing you can do. I know. And, I think doing that really triggered something in me where I'm like, huh, you could just go to bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and the world keeps moving and you're still alive in the morning. Yeah, that's right. But it feels like your world's going to end sometimes, like when you've got a big deadline and you're like, I've got to do this, you know. It's funny, isn't it? These stories we craft and these big uh, things we th- imagine are going to happen and then the world just wakes up and does it all again. I had a big job in Auckland the other week with my business and it was a deadline. They had a plumber coming in and we needed to be there. And I was like, flip, we're not going to get everything done in time. So I was freaking out and I was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to lose the um, job. I'm going to get a bad review, which means I'm going to lose the business, which means that I'm not going to get any more clients, which means that, you know, black and I went all down this trail and eventually I just called the guy and said, look, we're struggling to get two tables done. And he's like, yeah, no worries. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like this deadline that I had based my the success of my entire business on was a phone call away of just saying, oh, yeah, can we delay it? You know, so I don't know. That's the ridiculousness of what we do with deadlines sometimes. And you've got to let some of them lapse or just try and deal with them. That's crazy, man. I relate to that so hard of just hyping something up in your head, calling the person and they're like, yep, no worries. Or it's just like blows over really easily and you've been like psyching yourself out like crazy about it. But man, I was just thinking about imposter syndrome again today. I know we did an episode on this, but I was just getting hit hard with like, man, I have so many qualifications and I still feel like such a... fake right do you know what i mean like you just yeah. it, nothing really cures that maybe it does for some people but no piece of paper no qualification has taken away that feeling for me of thinking i'm not good enough right even for trying something new or going into something where i'm like following my dreams and making a step further towards those dreams i still feel inadequate like I, I don't measure up to some something. Um, and maybe I should go back and listen to that episode and get encouraged. I don't know, but isn't it crazy? I just thought that was so crazy how 
that plagues us still. The, the mental sort of battle. And what you were facing with the tables of like, I'm going to get this. He's, he's going to give me a bad review. Like there was no question in your mind. That's You know what's crazy though? Like I was listening to Mike Tyson interview the other day and he's like, you know, got all this fame and acclamation and he still feels like he doesn't deserve it. He still feels like, I don't know why this happened to me. And I was like, isn't that crazy that we feel that we have to work to these places and yet the people who are all there are like, mate, like, not that I didn't work hard, but there's an acknowledgement like, is this really happening? Is success really, I don't deserve this. And so I think there's maybe a healthy or not healthy, but a, uh, the imposter imposter syndrome sheds a light on the human condition that it's kind of not natural to be, this sounds bizarre, it's kind of not natural to be so successful. It's almost like the higher heights of success are an unnatural state for human existence. Like we were never supposed to be, to revolve around that. We were supposed to just find our, our, our contentment in our life elsewhere. Yeah, well, you think about celebrity, like this just hits that all home. And we're starting to really see the fallout of celebrity. Like, oh, like we've seen it plenty, but man, the amount of celebrities that are just like, they can't because we're not made to deal with so much fame and so Mm. much adoration. It just, it, it ticks all the wrong boxes for us as humans. I think I do get slightly excited when I see a celebrity like go crazy now because it's almost a sign that they're working it out. You know what I mean? Like, hopefully. But like the whole Will Smith thing, it really brought attention. And Will Smith seemed to afterwards come out with some statements that he was like, flip, I know this wasn't good. I know this wasn't good, you know? And Jim Carrey did the same thing. He started getting all weird for a while and being antisocial and uh then it clicked for him you know um lots of celebrities you know been through uh, what's that guy's name that done fury brad pitt but he had a co-actor there's another guy on there um he does the transformer movies michael bay no that's the director anyway he had a big meltdown and then he you listen to him speak now and you're like man this this guy's so grounded this guy's got it, and uh, almost so. When I see all this blow up, I'm almost like it's it's Richard Draw's fall, you know. The yeah, you've got to got to go through got to go through the fall, got to go through the pain. Sucks that it's so public for them. Um, but yeah, I don't know because I, I I see what you're saying. You and he and he talks about it in the book that you have to. You almost as you almost as stoked for somebody going through it. You would never say that to them. Yeah, like. I don't really remember much about how I felt when you were going through your burnout, but maybe there was an element where I was excited for the transformation to come maybe, but like that's tough. You don't, you, and you're never going to, to be so insensitive as to tell someone, Oh, good. I'm so happy that you're (laughs) sad right now. But But you know what I did have though? I had a lot of people telling me, I'm so glad you're free. And I never got it because I was like, I do not feel free. I do not feel free in this moment. 
Uh, my mum said it to me. Uh, had friends say it to me. Had other people like, I'm so glad that you're free now. That's so good. Um, and this is an interesting thing about emotion and the, the, the analogy of the wave, right? How you feel in the moment you're just so engulfed by this wave crashing down on your head. Mm. But it's like that mantra of this too shall pass is like, it's going to eventually turn to calm and then it'll yeah. eventually turn to storm and then it'll eventually turn to calm. It's going to pass. You're going to get through it. And, but in the moment it just feels like you're never going to get through anything. Yeah. And absolutely. you're never going to see the light of day again. It, do, it does get better. The weird thing that I found though, is there's still some sort of like, uh, you know, I've not got PTSD or anything, but there's this weird thing that I can feel in me of this loss, just like the death the death of something that never leaves. And uh, do you remember the book, The Shack? Um, what's yeah. his name? William, William Paul, Paul Young. Young. And the whole thing is about the great sadness. He's got this great sadness that just follows him everywhere. I mean, that guy went through the fall. That guy went through that process and he talks about this great sadness. It finally gets resolved. And um, you're right. It, it feels like that thing's going to stay with you forever. Freaking, I can relate to that so much, but at the same time, you know that the calm comes, you know that's, that, that things change, the ocean is not always stormy. I think there's hope in that. I think there's hope in that for all of us. Yeah, that's so good. You've got to find the balance with creating for the joy of it, balanced with earning a living, balanced with what? Following your dreams, getting a job done, all of these things all coming together in one thing we know is life and for us plebs who have to pay rent every week um go out buy groceries uh i mean come on we're privileged yes of course but how do we balance that how do you balance that finding the joy being present creating for joy yet still you go and do this auckland job and get through it and make this incredible install yep it all works out there, there, there is a um a summary in there too thinking of johnny depp's artist that you you're not always going to be facing deadlines the way you are today there will be a change of the motivation of deadlines in your life you'll probably come to a place of maturity where you can have more space to work on things to the degree that you'd like to. If you can't right now and you have to give up for the sake of efficiency, that won't always be the case. Like you said, with the drums, some things go, some things come back. And knowing that the wave isn't always crashing, but there's, there's the rising of the wave, there's the, 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 the drawing out of the wave and knowing that if you're feeling like there's a lot of deadlines and they're providing you pressure, learning how to handle them, knowing that the deadlines will change at some point in life and you'll have to readapt for that time. Yeah, I, and knowing that you can't do everything. Mm. Man, I have had to learn that so hard because I just get so overwhelmed with wanting to do everything. Go everywhere, do everything, try everything. It can really start to feel like a anxious weight inside of you. 
And so you have to just realize, and I think I've come to that realization of like, okay, I'm passionate about film music. I'm passionate about game music, but I can't do that right now. Yeah. I'm passionate about stringed instruments and I really want to learn the cello. I can't do that right now. There's just no space and it's, it's not going to happen. My plate is way too full, but one day, yeah, one day I will. And that's okay. And I'm, I've, I've come to be okay with that and to accept that. Yeah. That's good. And that, that clears your plate or, or it leaves it at a point where you can get through things and meet your deadlines yeah. without being overwhelmed. So the balance, the balance is tough. It's hard to navigate things, to get things right. And uh, we don't always get it right. In fact, we often get it wrong. Humans often swing from one polar extreme to the other. And then all the way back again, I saw someone wearing flares today. I was like, hey, those look cool. Oh, wait a second. Those were fashionable a few years ago. Yeah, that's um, right. It comes and swings. It comes in waves. and But this is all part of it. This is all part of the human condition, us being here on this planet, figuring it out, what on earth is going on. So it's tricky. What do you think? Yeah. Wrapping it all up? Yep. I think my final thoughts are just, oh, bro, I need to say this. Sorry. Because I thought about this earlier and never said it. Eckhart Tolle talks about the concept of time. You know what Deadline does? It introduces a concept of time to creativity. Interesting. And without a deadline, you can almost lose the concept of time, which isn't necessarily good or bad. It's just a thing. And it just struck me that when you're free from time, creativity looks different and it forms itself differently. Um, and when I'm operating from the, the, the thoughtless space, I just do things as they feel, as they come, as they naturally arise. But there's also a discipline. If I know there's a time frame, I'm like, well, I need to, I need to work on this now and that's okay. When I lose that presence of being in the now and I become focused on the deadline, I'm in a rush and time suddenly becomes a huge factor and everything centers around the time rather than the creative process. And so I think in being present, you lose in being present, you lose the, the time factor. And that's a beautiful part of creating and you still get things done on time in time, but uh, you're coming from a different place. So I want to throw that in at the end. That's amazing. And I, I just am so encouraged by that because it goes back to all the things I've been pondering lately of wanting to do some projects for the fun. And that, that thing, like, do you remember as a kid or as a teenager or whatever, doing a creative project and getting so lost that the time just evaporates and man, I, I, I miss that. Uh, Just getting so lost in something that time just disappears because you're fully there. You're fully present and you're right. It's a, it's a construct. It's just, it's a meaningless arbitrary set of numbers that we have to use to try and organize things here on earth to quantify it. Yeah. And it does 
some good things like it helps us sometimes but it also really hinders us sometimes i think as well um and locks us into just very strict and quantified boxes that yeah becomes about productivity rather than creativity Mm. and and like to, to drive this home the the business i'm working on right now we're making carry tables at the moment, this is our project. And the reason why is because I'm like, what cool stuff can we create? So there's this element of creativity in making this stuff. So I'm employing somebody to do this and we love to play with what we can make. And it's like, as a business manager, I have to remember that this play is costing the business, you know? And there's a sense that what we create needs to produce wealth for us. But at the same time, it needs to be play. As soon as it becomes a, okay, we need to make this many tables in this time frame, and this is how we need to do it. We, we've lost the play, but we also could lose profitability. And so it's trying to walk the line of how do we play? And part of the game is how do we make this productive? That becomes part of the game and efficiency and productivity productivity become part of the creative process but to be to remain present in that is how you get good results yeah and i've just i've felt guilty so many times every time i try and play just feeling guilty like i need to be doing something i need to be getting something done i need to earn something yeah bro. i could be doing more like and and it really has cut me off at the knees and i think this is we're heading off onto the other side of the pendulum from the hustling side where it's been all about the hustle and now we're slowly swinging the other way but we're like are we allowed to play is this okay and you're right like finding that balance it's it's hard it's hard to to not get so lost in play that everything there's no responsibility that just goes out the window and it's to the detriment of Mm. people you love but at the same time, man, life's too short. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the thing that, that Eckhart says that grabbed me was you can't create anything of worth when you're not present. So everything that looks like it's worth something means nothing. It's just like creating more wind and, and pointless meaning. Maybe that's why my art's so bad. <laughs> 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 I need to get this finished by 9.30. Yeah, yeah. Freaking, not present. Not present. And I've got somebody calling me yes. and freaking family problems. Yeah. And, um, no, but I do think that that is like the, when we get present, when we play and you, but when you're present, you're also, the other story tells is like a, a monk who's meditating and his master comes up and smacks him in the face or something, smacks him on the back of the head. And he's like, uh, why did you do that to me? And the master says to him, because if you were really present, you'd be aware um, that I was coming. And I think that's the misconception is, oh, to get into, to be involved in in being present and, and to play is unproductive. It's inefficient. It's counterproductive, but no, you become more aware in that present moment of the boundaries and what needs to be done, what needs to be achieved and working within that. 
but you do it with also like for somebody who's not experienced what I'm trying to communicate, it sounds like I'm reintroducing the time factor. But when you're present, you're aware of the time factor, but you're not driven by it. And you're aware of the boundaries. You're aware of the efficiency. You're aware of all these needs. Uh, you're aware of the monk coming back up behind you to smack you in the back of the head. But it doesn't. It, it you're still connected. You're still completely present. You're not. You've not lost that creativity. That's beautiful. And some of my most poignant art has come from being present. And just bring from being fully there, experiencing the moment, open to possibilities, curious about everything, what could happen, a sound. You're just playing, something comes up and you're like, man, that's cool. Or what's that over there? And you're just like really aware of whatever happens. You're, you're aware of your surroundings. You're aware of the possibility. And I just think that's so beautiful. And that would be what I would encourage listeners to go away with this week is like, just get lost in something. Do something creative where you get so lost that time just disappears. Okay, perfect example of this. We're trying to wrap up the podcast, right? <laughs> We're like, okay, it's, it's freaking come to the end. This is this is the boundaries. This is what it dictates. And then suddenly we get present. And it's like... We could go for another hour. There's a moment. Maybe we just stop this one and, <laughs> and, and start a new one that's like, now we're onto the juice. But, now, but, but it isn't, it's not that anything was previously bad. It's that, okay, there's a moment and we're acknowledging it. There's a moment of some truth being yeah. released. And that is the freaking gold, man. Yeah. Man, uh, it's interesting. I, I, my, one of my favorite podcasters actually does often does two hour podcasts and I know Joe Rogan's is super long. Um, it's not Joe Rogan by the way, but yeah. um, it, he says he does that because he finds that after the, the slump of like 40 minutes an hour that like you hit this, like <laughs> the defenses are worn down and you've really gotten through and it's like, you start hitting the gold. So maybe we should start doing two hour episodes or just like, you know, you talked about cutting in into like halfway through a conversation. Maybe we should just like just freaking chop out the first <laughs> the first twenty minutes. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Mate, well, I have some fun editing this one. Hey, this is the creative process. It is. How do we how do we bring the gold out in? And I love that we we have this working out on the spot. It's like showing you're working out on a math problem. Mm. Well, you want it to be relevant to people. You do. You want them to see that you're just trying to figure it out too. You're not like some superhero. Yeah. So um, this has been fun. I really enjoy this. I don't want to wait another two weeks to do another one. I know. <laughs> Is it two weeks away, the next one? Well, there's interview next oh, week. and then freaking the interviews. Yeah. <laughs> Always sad when you have an interview. I'm like, oh, bugger, I can't come. <laughs> <laughs> We just have to start another one, do something else. I'm just gonna come and sit in the room and watch. <laughs> just look at look at people as a big. Well, you'd be watching me editing because uh, they I've already done the interview. Oh, have you? Yeah. Oh, so you'd just okay. be sitting here staring at me editing, which I imagine you wouldn't find just being present. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I love it. Peace. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. My main takeaway from today's episode is how important it is to remember how to play when we create. 
To not get so serious all the time, thinking that everything is always about hustling, but instead to lose yourself in a creative project and just be present to the journey the whole time. And don't forget to pay attention to your mental health. If you'd like to support the show, head over to our Instagram page and give it a like and a follow. And if this episode helped you, then consider sharing it with a friend. All right, I'll see you all on the next one. Keep it fresh.